0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Job Jumpers, the podcast for those of us who jump from crappy job to crappy job. It never ends, unfortunately. Today on the program, I have my uh, my buddy Bert, um, who I met on Facebook, as people do these days. Uh, we talk about being an electrical engineer in the utility industry, jumping around that job for, I mean, that industry for a little while, um, toxic work environments, and a lot more. I think there's a lot of good stuff in this one, and uh, Burt was a great guy to chat with. So without further ado, here's my chat with Bert. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to Job Jumpers. Today on the program, I have my new pal, Bert. Um, Bert, thank you so much for for taking time out of your day or night. I know you're in a different time zone. I think we're only an hour apart, so that makes it a little bit more simple. But, uh, you know, thank you all the same.
1: Absolutely. Glad to be here, Connor. Thank you.
0: Yeah, of course. My pleasure. Um, How are things going in your
1: neck of the woods? Well, um, we've got this uh, great great Canadian uh, hotbox thing going on. Yeah, okay. Um, So... So I I have been working overnight for the last
0: few weeks, and you know I, I I'll wake up and I'll just like see something that has been happening and know nothing about it. I know that I you know obviously like last week or the week before whatever there was that big thing in Canada where it was the forest fires or whatever. Is there something
1: new that happened or is this the same uh, fire? Uh, As far as I know, it's still the same fires. Um, The last count I saw was 235. Uh, That was as of this morning. Okay. Um, But uh, I'm here in the mid, I'm in, I'm in the uh, northern part of the Midwest. And uh, yeah, you know, it, it looks like uh, Southern California in the early 80s outside.
0: Wow. Yeah, that's, I mean, Jesus, that's, uh, that's, that's bad, and and you know I've seen posts of like people saying like yeah, you know we're it, it's we're being poisoned there's all these chemicals in the air, like it's just kind of a very bad situation um and then, like last week, you know it's like, oh, you go outside, it's like smoking a uh, you know a ten pack or whatever of cigarettes um but yeah, i don't know, uh shit sucks, and hopefully it gets better soon. I know you guys are are affected by more than than we are here uh, on the on in in the northeast or the you know new england area um mm-hmm. you know we've we've been spared from a lot of these uh you know disasters or you know that affect our air quality like the ohio train derailment i mean we like some some side effects do make their way over to us but it's all just like yeah. oh that's kind of interesting that the sky looks different today it's not like oh we're choking when we walk outside
1: yeah you know there's definitely the uh, not not just the uh, coloration of the sky but you, you step outside and it's definitely that uh, tang of wood smoke yeah know? yeah that's very yeah.
0: strange we live in strange times
1: yeah, you know, say what you will about late stage capitalism. At least it's not boring.
0: Yeah. Oh my God. Absolutely. You know, and and yeah, it it really makes you um, understand. You know that that quote that's kind of like meant to be an insult. You know, like that you wish on your enemies may you live in interesting times. You know, yeah, it's, precisely. Yeah. We, we it's I think we all understand that pretty well these days. Um. So, Bert, um, just to start off. I want to ask you this is kind of the foundational question of the show um and that is the question what do you do and when when you get asked that in in most settings people people mean Oh, what well, you know, what do you do for work? What do you do to make a living? Whatever. Um, for me, it's always I, I'd never, ever want to answer that question the way that the people expect me to, uh, because I, I just feel like there's there's way more of me that that, it, that has nothing to do with work. You know, I want to talk about what what I actually enjoy doing, what, like, makes life fulfilling. Um, so before getting into work and jobs and stuff, uh, taking work out of the
1: equation, Bert, what do you do? Uh, short answer renaissance dude okay you know i always i always like that idea of you know being able to just kind of glom onto a lot of different things and kind of pursue whatever catches your eye yeah you know um so these days uh primarily 3d design and 3d printing uh, It's it's a technology that is really starting to mature really starting to come into its own and you know even though I don't really make money doing it, I have a hell of a hell of a good time doing it. Nice. Um, So, so that's one thing. Uh, I'm an avid reader. I play video games. Uh, I do. I do um, silicone casting, concrete casting. uh, I'm sorry. Silicone mold making, resin casting, concrete casting, wood turning, you know, (laughs) Um, like I said, it's kind of like, Hey, you know, here's a shiny new thing to try. Most of it involves uh, you know, doing something with my hands and I tend to go for it. Yeah, uh,
0: yeah. I was going to say that, you know, it seems like you like working with your hands and uh, trying new things, trying things out for yourself.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, the, it's it's one of those things where it's kind of a trap I fall into where when I find um, a problem that, you know, needs solving, uh, instead of thinking about, okay, well, which big box store do I have to run to to pick something up to solve this? It's what can I make to solve this? Yeah, you know? yeah. And I mean, sometimes, sometimes you know, that's pumping a dry well because anybody in the maker community will tell you that, uh, you know, all too often you're going to spend more money making the thing to solve your problem than you would if you went to the store and just, you know, bought, whatever uh product happens to be you know closely suited to your purpose Mm -hmm. but you know the the way i see it there's kind of a trade-off there you know you're also getting that learning experience yeah um and you know if in that sense i do have the privilege of you know sometimes being able to afford to do that
0: sure yeah yeah i mean that's definitely something to keep in mind um and Yeah. You know, I, I, I guess we do live in a society that, uh, you know, everything is, is fresh out of the box for us and we, we can kind of, we don't have to deal with learning new skills and stuff. And, you know, obviously convenience is, is kind of, you know, people pay for convenience in all kinds of ways. Um, but I, you know, the one benefit of, you know learning new things for yourself is like you know when when and if if and when in our lifetimes you know shit goes down or whatever or these resources aren't available then you know you 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 have a leg to stand on that that a lot of people won't you know myself included i'll be fucking
1: uh sol yeah honestly you know I, I'm I'm kind of of two minds on that because I kind of understand that prepper mindset of wanting to be prepared for the worst, but I work in a major metropolitan area. If you know Russia decides, okay, it's time to unleash the nukes. You know Putin's going down, and he wants to go out with a bang. Yeah, I might as well just slather myself in some Casey masterpiece because I am fucked.
0: <laughs> yeah, I I mean yeah, yeah that's that's fair. Um. It I I I think it depends. It, it depends on how and what you know. If it's like a slow decline, which is kind of the the vibe I'm getting these days, it's it's like I just feel like uh, we're gonna like slowly get to a point where like uh, you know the things that we are used to being able to turn to con- for for convenience are no longer there. Um, yeah. Obviously, yeah, if, you know, if I, I heard- if, if, a, if a nuke drops, then we're then we are just screwed.
1: Yeah, well, you know, I I, I went with that because uh, I'm I'm an '80s baby and uh, <laughs> I grew up in the tail end, of, you know, grew up in the tail end of the Cold War there. So, you know, all these years later, that's still kind of like the first place my mind goes to. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, uh, Robert Evans, uh, I don't know if you follow him at all. Uh, I think I do. Uh, he does the Behind the Bastards and It Could Happen Here podcasts. Yeah, at one point he referred to what we're experiencing these days uh, as, as the crumbles, I think this was in the uh, early days of the pandemic where, you know, rather than like a major disaster that like flattens everything all at once, what we're seeing is this like slow decline in what we once took for granted, Mm. you know? Yeah. And, and, and to that end, you know, I've, I've been trying my best, uh, you know, to, to kind of think about that. Um, because this does kind of get into what I actually do for, an, for a living. I'm, I'm an electrical engineer and you know, the, the way I see it planned obsolescence is one of the things that's contributing to the problem, you know? So yeah, thinking in terms of, okay, I can go buy a product and it'll last, you know, six months or a year or five years or whatever. And then, uh, it's off to the landfill with it or, You know, put in that extra effort, you know, maybe come up with a solution that's, you know, better tailored to whatever problem I'm trying to solve um, and built in a way that satisfies my requirements. I know, you know, this is going to last or Mm. I know it's made out of materials that are going to decompose if they go to the landfill or can be recycled or what have you.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's. That's yeah. That that's that's a huge issue. Obviously, um, the it's that's that's one of uh, the 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 biggest issues is that we we we're, we're we're just not a very uh, big picture thinking society. Obviously, that's the the name of the game in in capitalism is like oh, make short term profit, short term profit. Exactly. How how much are we going to make this quarter? Um, yeah. Damn the consequences. And obviously, we are reaping what we sowed um and it it just it, it seems like uh as a collective it, it we can't get our can't get our head in the game um so so i think you're you're absolutely right about that um so that's a good segue here to my next question uh just taking taking that question um you know at, as somebody means it uh what do you do for a living you said you're an electrical engineer is that what You would say if somebody asked you, hey, you know, what do you do for work?
1: Yeah, uh, that that would be part of it. The other part is that uh, I work in the utility industry. Um, So I actually work with uh, renewable energy these days, Um, you know, solar sites, wind sites, that sort of thing. Nice. Uh, But I I originally got my start uh, basically in electrical transmission. So, excuse me. Bless you. Uh, So, you know, transmission is basically about, you know, moving, moving power from where it's produced to where it's used. Um, And back before, you know, utilities really became, excuse me, before renewables became a thing, uh, it was mostly because, you know, we had these massive coal-fired power plants and nobody really wanted to live around that. So, you know, they'd put them out in the toolies Uh and then, and then transmit that power to, you know, where people actually live. Um, we're still kind of seeing that, uh, because, you know, the places with the best wind and the places with the best sun are also not necessarily places where people really want to be. Uh-huh. So, so I, I had originally gotten my start, um, as a consultant, uh, working on basically infrastructure improvements. Um, this, this has been a can that has been kicked down the road, I want to say since the early '80s, so there was a lot of deferred maintenance, and now that bill's starting to come due. Okay. So, so as I gra- uh, when I graduated, I graduated um, around 2013. Uh, when I graduated, that was a really good time to get into that industry because you know they, they'd kicked the can as far down the road as they could, and now the bill's coming due. And on top of this, you have a lot of people who'd been working in the industry since the '80s uh, now retiring okay so that's that's kind of the background um I, I i guess it's also uh maybe a little relevant to point out that uh I went to college uh later in life um in in my late twenties so i uh graduated in my early thirties
0: oh nice that's that's definitely different something that uh you know as as somebody in his late twenties now um Something that I you know, I've definitely been considering, but obviously it's very different. It's uh, it's, uh, you know, kind of Something that I go back and forth on for for many different reasons. How is that experience for you?
1: You know, it, it worked out well for me in a lot of ways um, Had I gone to college uh, right out of high school had I gone when I was 18 I probably would have pursued something uh along a literary track, you know, uh, journalism, uh, teaching English, uh, mm. you know, some sort of creative writing, uh, something like that. And I would probably be wondering what the hell I'm going to do now, now that, you know, print journalism is pretty much dead. And yeah. a lot of the online outlets are now, um, increasingly relying on AI instead of uh, people. Sure. So going late in life, um, kind of allowed me uh to have the benefit of perspective and i had also gone into college with the baggage that i brought with me um right out of high school i went into vocational school so i studied uh carpentry and land surveying worked in land surveying until i got technology out of a job oh no uh, yeah you know it, most people would become a luddite <laughs> uh <laughs> after that and i instead decided to embrace the machine apparently okay Um, Can't beat them. Join um, them. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's like okay. Well, if the machines are going to take my job, uh, I guess I'll just make machines. Yeah, you know that was that that was kind of the mindset. Um, But you know, I'd also worked in sales, um, in a variety of different flavors as well, just trying to find something to do. Kind of in the wreckage of my first career, Uh, and then leaving where I grew up, moving to a place with a lower cost of living. I was actually able to afford to go to college. You know, there's there's a lot of moving parts there, and I wouldn't pretend that what worked for me is like a one size fits all approach for anybody. Mm -hmm. You know, Uh, I do. I do generally believe that any sort of education uh, is a good thing to have. Knowledge is power. You know, Um, and it's it's a resource that can't really be taken away from you once you've got it. Yeah. So. You know, whether that's vocational school or some sort of um, self-driven course of study or some sort of uh, coding boot camp or, you know, a traditional college, any learning opportunity is a good one, especially if you can find a way to make it work financially, mm-hmm. you know? Okay. Um, I, I know that for, for some folks, you know, the... Uh, the, the way we fund education in this country, especially after high school, you know, it's, it's kind of a disgrace, but you know, yeah, and, for sure. and that, and that can definitely influence the way, you know, people think about that sort of thing. But, uh, so yeah, you know, um, got my bachelor's in electrical engineering, uh, graduated and went into the utility industry and, I knew this was something I'd wanted to do because I'd had a couple of pretty intense internships while I was in college. um, And that was kind of my foot in the door uh, into the, into the world of utilities. And I saw it both as something I can do something that I'm reasonably good at and something that is also going to provide for me and my family, you know, but, um, but, you know, getting, getting to the, to the thrust of what you're, what you're kind of asking about what you kind of cover. Um, I discovered by accident that job hopping is really the way to kind of bootstrap, uh, my career. And again, you know, I, am not pitching this as like a one size fits all approach for everybody, but I think in, I think in certain industries, I think, uh, with conditions the way they are right now it can be beneficial for some people to deliberately move on. You know, when I was growing up, I watched my parents' generation, you know, be that generation that would work at one place for 30 years and then retire with the gold watch and the nice pension. You know, we don't have that anymore.
0: No, no. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, you know, an ancient uh, fairy tale at this point.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's a relic from the long, long ago, you know, and if, and if, and if they're not going to if they're not going to do something like that then why should we stick at a place for 30 years you know yeah you know wh- where i'm at right now is maybe one of the rare exceptions like i could maybe see finishing out my career where i'm at right now working in the uh renewable utility industry
0: <coughs> yeah i mean i i i that that's a uh... I guess it seems like something that, that is going to be a long lasting, um, industry. Uh, so, so, so yeah, I mean, that being one of the rare ones that, that you kind of, uh, found yourself in, I, you know, I think that's, yeah, I, I, I think that goes back to what you were saying too, of, um, like, yeah, there, there's no one size fits all, uh, plan, you know, like like job jumping, job hopping does not work for everybody with everyone's idea of um, what they want out of a career. But I, I think you're you're largely right in in that with uh, you know, conditions changed what they are today. Um, a lot of industries that maybe once upon a time you could settle into and and you know work for twenty five years and then retire with you know, enough to, um, live a good life for, uh, you know, your golden years, you know, that, that's, that's not really a thing that we even aspire to anymore. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think this is a good time to kind of, let's just get into it. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I would like to kind of just give you the floor, um, for, for your job jumping story, um and and then i you know i'll pop in here and there um if it, you know I'm sure there's gonna be uh you know a lot of uh action so so you'll need some some commentary but but yeah, you can you know go ahead and uh
1: take it away my friend okay so yeah like like i said i kind of i kind of fell on it by accident um when I applied for my per- for my first position out of college. Uh, a little bit of foreshadowing there. Uh, one of the people that was interviewing me was one of those old timers who had been with the company, uh, you know, pretty much his entire career. And he's looking at my resume, you know, six years in land surveying two years at this one place doing sales a year and a half at this other place doing sales, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And he looks at my resume, he looks at me and he goes, you're something of a mercenary, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, I, I know I gave some mealy mouth bullshit answer. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. Know? yeah. Because it's, it, it, it's a job interview. The power is all on the other side of that table. Yes. You know. But I mean, if I'd had, if, if I'd had any inkling that that question was coming, you know, and if I'd been able to answer, honestly, I might've said something like, yes, you know, we tend to think of like a mercenary being a bad thing. You know, Oh, Mm. here's somebody who's fighting for money instead of, you know, fighting for love of country or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. You know, maybe, maybe in that sort of circumstance, you know, maybe when we're talking about soldiering, you know, maybe that's a valid accusation to make. I don't know that I believe that, but I can at least entertain the notion Mm-hmm. But when it comes to, when it comes to work, you know, none of us are putting on pants in the morning and sitting in traffic and going through the commute because it's fun. Well, you know, we're doing not. it because we have families to provide for, you yep. know, we have, we have needs that we are trying to meet. And if I can't meet my needs, you know, working in retail sales, then why the hell am I going to stick around? You know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And again, there's that, that kind of, that kind of uh, transition between his generation and mine. Because um, you know the fellow that was interviewing me uh, was older than uh, my father was at the time. So he's definitely of that boomer generation who had that kind of luxury of, I've been in this place this entire time. I'm going to have the gold watch and the pension and the security when I, when I finally decide I'm done doing this, you know? <clears throat> yeah, yeah and, and, and i
0: mean i've actually this this reminds me i i have um had an interview in the last couple months, i think it was in uh in april uh and it was for an admin mm-hmm. position and uh it was just this like lady who was just very you know like business was her whole personality and you know she was kind of bragging about um jet setting between different locations and stuff and then she brought up the job jumping and i was just like like, you know, at that point, I'm just like, I don't I don't think I'm going to get this job. I don't think I want this job. So I was just like, yeah, you know, it's kind of what you what, what you need to do these days. And uh, yeah, she she didn't really give me a reaction. But um, it just got to the point where I was like, OK, I'm not even going to fucking pretend with you.
1: Yeah. You know, sometimes if you. It- Like, if you know you're not going to get it anyway, or you know you don't want it, sometimes it's nice to puncture their bubble a little bit and let them see a little daylight. Absolutely. Because they're going to continue on thinking things are the way they were as long as we let them. You know, until somebody comes along and points it out to them, they're never going to see it. Very true. You know? Yep. And, And speaking of seeing things, so i actually landed that position with that company (laughs) and the fellow who the fellow who accused me of being a mercenary uh luckily he worked in a different group so it was like you know i'd see him on my way to the break room to grab some coffee or whatever i'd say hello to him but i never had to report to him and in that sense i think i got off lucky you know yeah yeah i i'd been with the I'd, i'd I started out with them. It was already kind of rough right out the gate because they put me under a more senior engineer who has all the people skills of a baked potato. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's, the, there's that stereotype that we all kind of get smeared with about us not being great with people. And to a certain extent, that's true. But he had it in spades. You know, wasn't really interested in actually teaching me anything uh, his mindset was, well, I'm just going to throw you at a project and you're going to sink or swim and I'm going to throw you under the bus when you sink. Oh, um, that's the worst kind. Yeah. You know, so, so, so working under those circumstances was bad enough, but, uh, you know, in the consulting world, because that's, that's basically what I was doing was consulting. Um, mm. uh, you know, it's largely based on your customers and, I started seeing the writing on the wall in fairly short order, uh, with them, uh, after my first year there, uh, a couple of clients that they had banked on as being like really big fish turned out, you know, one of them turned out not to be quite as big and the other one turned out to be, uh, completely insane in terms (laughs) of like what they were demanding, uh, from us, uh, after the ink on the contract was dry. Okay. Uh, but what, where I got caught up, was I was assigned to a client that uh, ran into some particularly bad financial uh, issues. You know, one of their, one of their other con, uh, one of their other contractors basically blew a hole in their budget uh, in terms of cost overruns on a bunch of projects they'd been contracted to do. So in order to make up for that shortfall, they started pulling projects out uh, that were in progress, including a bunch that had been assigned to me. So yeah, I, I started seeing, you know, project a get shot down project B get shot down project C, you know, by around project D I start uh, polishing up my resume. I start looking around because I know what's going to happen. You know, they, they don't really have another client that they can put me on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this one's fading fast. They're going to let me go. So on the wall. yeah, exactly. Writing on the wall, you know? Um, and you know, kind of a funny thing happened. Uh, I found another company in the area doing largely the same kind of work. Uh, interviewed with them. Things went really well. They made me an offer, and the offer was 15% above what I was making where I was. Heck, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, my previous raise before that had been 5%, which was what they gave to people who were, really knocking it out of the park, you know? So I, <laughs> yeah. I can either like stay, you know, in a perfect world, it's like, I could have stayed there, you know, maybe things would have reversed themselves. Maybe that client would have gotten their act together. And maybe the year after that, I would have gotten another 5% raise, or I can go do the same kind of thing I'm doing for somebody who's got their financial house a little bit more in order.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I'm getting 15% right out the right off the jump yeah yeah it's a no-brainer exactly you know and that's been kind of the pattern ever since you know go to a place stick around for a couple of years you know learn learn their ropes and then move on to greener pastures and again you're you're getting that uh that bigger bump every time yep you know or if it's not more money you know there there have been times where i would take about the same money but hey an extra week of pto or you know some other type of less tangible benefit you know yeah
0: yeah i mean and, and, and again, I, I i i think at this point you know it's it's kind of like okay you you start working for this you know for a company and then then it's on them to give you a reason to stay
1: yeah, absolutely. You know, um I've I've left places because of a, you know, particularly toxic environment or a toxic boss or what have you. And you know, as, as you said, you know, it's it's one of those things. Give me a reason to want to stick around. Like where yep. I'm at right now, you know, not only do I want to stay in this industry, but this employer in particular the way they're running their ship right now, they're constantly giving me Reasons to stay, you know, so I don't I don't necessarily know at this point how things are going to play out where I'm at right now, whether I'm going to whether I'm going to continue doing what I've been doing or whether I'm going to give this place, you know, that chance. But, uh-huh.
0: Yeah, and it's, it's 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 not really something that, you know, it's like not a. A formulated plan or whatever, like oh, I, I'm gonna stay at a job for for this long, and then that's when you need to to, to jump to the next one. Mm. um You know, I mean, I most people that do this, like they're not doing it for fun. Like it's not fun to to start a new job every couple years or even more often than that for people like me. But
1: yeah, um, you know, but you see the writing yeah. on the wall. Yes. You know, you know, the shit's getting ready to go down. And, uh, you know, I've been very lucky in being able to time it so that I'm jump so that I jump rather than get pushed. Um, yes. The pandemic really, the pandemic really screwed that up, you know, in terms of, uh, I lost two, you know, two separate jobs during the pandemic, got laid off from both of them just because of, you know, some funky bullshit unique to the pandemic itself.
0: Yeah, Jesus.
1: Yeah. But, um but you know the, those previous ones; it had been just kind of having that situ- situational awareness, you know, kind of having that uh, that radar up and seeing. You know, it's like anything else. You know, there there are signs that if you know what to look for, if you're paying attention, you can kind of see them sometimes. Yeah, for sure. And you know, be, being able to be aware of that and being able to kind of play things just right has worked out much better for me than if I had just tried to stick it out at a place, you know, because it's, it's kind of funny, you know, company B is more willing to hire you. If you still have your job with company a, Mm -hmm. but If you're, if, if you're unemployed, you know, if you've just been laid off from company a, it's harder to make that transition. It's harder to convince them, you know, because at this point, it's almost like you're damaged goods in their eyes. Sure. Yeah. I think that's real. Yeah. So, you know, having, having had a taste of both, you know, being able to being able to deal with both the situations uh, again, you know, I I keep coming back to it, jump before you're pushed. And, you know, again, I know it's not a one size fits all solution. uh, And I know that, some industries are going to be different than others in terms of like how long do you have to stay at a place you know or what like red flags you have to look for before you start planning your jump but i mean the way i figure it there's there's some commonalities that play out across all work no matter what industry you're in uh or what you're doing you know you've got that initial onboarding slash Dipshit phase where you really don't know much of anything other than the coffee machines in the break room and paydays <laughs> on Friday. Yes. yes, you know? exactly. Yep But then you know you get beyond that uh, you get you get familiarity with your duties um, you, Your processes, what you're doing you get comfortable with that
0: How can you even know if you like a job before that point, you know, it's it's yeah It's crazy to you know to just agree to something that you're gonna do every single day Without even knowing, like, what it's like, you know, what a day or a month in this position is like.
1: And how one-sided is it? I mean, how many places have a 90-day probationary period uh, yes. where you basically have to eat shit? Yes, exactly, exactly. You know, but if, uh, if your resume showed a bunch of 90-day jobs, you know, you'd really ha- be hard-pressed to find a way to explain that to whichever HR... Um, person's interviewing you or whatever manager's interviewing you yeah nobody you know, would touch you yeah exactly you, you become toxic you know and and we're figuring it out you know there's 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 ways to kind of work around it but it's still a hell of a lot of work you know but in some ways I think I, I think the struggles almost worth it you know we have to convey to them you know, if you want long-term reliability from us, you have to give us the same thing.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it, it it does go both ways. And going back to, um, what you said about, uh, jumping before you are pushed, that's something that I've always done just instinctually. Like I've never been fired or let go from a job. Um, Mm -hmm. Because I I do that. I think I have like a, it's 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 kind of a yeah you know reading the writing on the wall. Um, it's like a self preservation instinct kind of.
1: uh yeah, um, a work with fighty sense.
0: Yes, yeah, yeah, and and like I I've gone back and forth on this because I feel like if like you know there there's times when like if they let me you know if i let them fire me then i could have collected unemployment or something potentially and like i'm like thinking am i screwing
1: myself over you know that's that's kind of a tough one i i really think it depends on the state um because yeah you know for for the longest time i'd been in a very similar situation as you you know i for the longest time, I'd never been fired. I'd never been laid off. You know, when I moved from one job to another, it was because, you know, there was something I wanted or, you know, something I needed that uh, I couldn't get where I was at. Um, but, uh, yeah, geez. First time I got laid off, I was almost in almost 40, you know? Mm. So eventually your, your luck does run out, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and this this was pre-pandemic. Um, so I had, you know, when they laid me off, they actually had a severance package, which was nice. Um, I, it was like two months of, you know, continued paychecks, um, something like that. It was some sort of deal they had reached with the state because they laid a bunch of us off and they would have been subject to some penalties for that. So the... Um, so the severance package was kind of a way to like soften that blow. Okay. But, but once that ran out, I discovered that, uh, unemployment insurance is a sick joke. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've heard that as well. Yeah, I mean, I, one of the sales positions I had, uh, was uh, life insurance. So I had to be licensed with the state, take an exam, you know, and one of the things that they're real big about is this concept of indemnification. The idea that, you know, insurance, should make you whole in the event of you know some sort of loss. Mm-hmm. Um, and granted, you know, life insurance doesn't do that. You know, there's there's no amount of money that is worth the loss of a loved one. You know, no, of course. But but you know, they, they they've got various ways to kind of calculate. Well, you know, here's here's what the financial hit would have been. You know, so we're at least going to you know make you whole in that sense. Yeah, unemployment insurance doesn't come anywhere close to making you whole. You know, depending on the state, I mean, it's like a third of what you were making.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, it's that's that's a great point. I mean, I've I've had friends that that were on it, you know, and obviously it's it's only a portion of your income, and it's it's usually you know by design like not enough to live. So you're Motivated to You're forced
1: to go back to work. yeah quickly. and like
0: that's the fucking sick thing is that all these programs are crafted in such a way that that it's it's like meant to motivate you to be better, and it's just just like tough love bullshit that's just so so damaging to so many people
1: yeah, you know it's 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 kind of a remnant of that uh puritanical uh you know i was going to say work ethic but it's not even it's not even the the work ethic it's just that pure, puritanical streak yes that seems to rest heavily in people who occupy positions of power mm-hmm. yeah. you know and i mean it'd be it'd be really easy to sit there and say oh this is just the republicans but you know both parties do it it's just one of them will Smile at you as they tell you to go fuck yourself. Yeah,
0: exactly. That's the only difference they've they've, you know Both had had a hand in in this and in, you know, the erosion of social safety nets
1: Yeah, you know, um, I mean some of the biggest cuts to you know, what passed for our welfare system occurred under bill clinton and not for any particularly good reason, but it But for the sake of bipartisanship you know, this idea that I want the other side to like me. and I know. It's it's like, how many times is Charlie Brown going to try and punt that particular football <laughs> when we can all see that Lucy's just going to pull it every fucking time? Yep, yep. You know? Yeah, no, I know. I mean, that's so true, yeah. I mean, if anything, the environment's only gotten more toxic since then. Yeah. You know? And, you know, just like
0: Charlie Brown, like, this is only... It's only a show you know what i mean like it's like charlie brown is is playing a part you know in this situation maybe charlie brown is joe biden and i don't know i'm sorry uh, connor
1: you're cutting out on me sir
0: oh sorry can you can hear me now here let's let me take a pause and uh assess one moment okay we're back so, yeah
1: when you left off you were sitting
0: yeah um pretty much that you know you're absolutely right with the charlie brown metaphor but it's it's like kind of at the point where we got to all realize that charlie brown is just a show for kids and like we can't have our government run like that because they're both they're just trying to fool us with with thinking that you know charlie brown doesn't know what's going to happen every time you know it's like yeah you know (sighs) Uh, Charlie Brown is is uh, Biden saying every time, Oh, we gotta reach across the aisle to deal with the Republicans. I'm doing this in good faith. But the reality is is like, eh, you no, know, not not really. You know it's gonna happen. You've been doing this your entire career.
1: Yeah, you know, at at this point it it's one of those things where either you're delusional or you're stupid. There's no there's yeah. no other explanation, you know? Yes. I mean we, we saw it with the uh with the debt ceiling uh compromise where you know, they basically fucked over a bunch of people on Snap. Um, mm-hmm. you know, they they did eat out a couple of uh, expansions to the program, but it was mostly just, you know, kicking people in the teeth other than for you know, other than for no good reason, then that cruelty is the point. Yes. I mean you know, given how little Snap actually pays out to the people who need it, is this really that big of a dent in our budget? And the answer is no, you know, mm-hmm. the it's not that big of a dent in the budget and what they did isn't going to come anywhere close to balancing the budget, but to the people who rely on those benefits, it's an absolute kick in the face, you know? Yeah. 100%. And again, you know, to me, the only answer that makes any sense is, is that the cruelty is the point. It's that, you know, for your Marjorie Taylor Greens or your Ted Cruz's or whatever, they're gonna be able to go back to their constituents and say, Hey, look how hard we broke it off in some of the most vulnerable people in our country. Mm-hmm. And they're gonna claim it as you know to a certain portion of the electorate, this is a win. This is this is what they want. They want people to suffer. They want people to get hurt. As yes. long as it's not them, you know, even though. You know, statistically speaking, some of them are going to, you know, feel the pinch. And I mean, I could go on all day, all day on that uh, particular hobby horse.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, we we could definitely get lost in this rabbit hole. But no, you're you're we're on the same page here. Uh, Shit's fucked. They don't. I mean. They either don't don't know the reality of what it's like to live in poverty or beyond that line, or they don't care. And I think the the likely answer is that they don't care. Um, Both. But anyways, let's get back to you. Uh, <laughs> what? Uh, so I I forget where we left off, but um, but uh, we were we were talking about job jumping, I believe. <laughs> mm Hmm. Yeah,
1: and I I, I think I pretty much covered um, both, like, the the particulars of my own experience with it, as well as, you know, trying to get into, give some just general advice, you know. um, Like, paying attention to how much time you actually need to spend in a position, depending on, you know the kind of work you're doing, the industry you're in, that sort of thing. Uh, reading the room, you know, keep that keep that resume updated. Um, you know, the the way I tend to write my resume is, you know, I'll have the position, I'll have the dates, and then I'll have uh, typically three bullet points, kind of describing my duties there. Mm. Um, you know, so so I always try to keep that uh, up to date and as relevant as possible. Because again, you know, sometimes you got to make that jump with very little advanced notice, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a good point. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of like uh, walking a tightrope a little bit. Cause it's, it's, you know, you gotta be stealthy and quick and, and sneaky. And uh, the, the part that I'm the worst at is, is updating my resume. I, I, I am like so freaking lazy about my resume. I, I, I feel like I would have way more success if I just put, put like half an hour of work into it.
1: Yeah, no, I get it. And, you know, even that's something of a crapshoot these days, because is your resume actually ending up in front of somebody who's actually going to look at it? Right. Or is it getting passed, you know, through some sort of algorithm that's going to kick it because, well, you know, you didn't use the magic phrase, you know?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, and... Um, um, then you get advice like people telling you oh just like paste keywords from the job description in in white font on your the background of your resume and like that just sounds so stupid like but i i it might actually work
1: i don't know yeah you know there's there's really no good way of knowing i mean it's it's you're basically chucking your resume into a black box um one thing that i did find. That seems to work reasonably well. Is if you if you have the luxury of doing so, get yourself a recruiter. You know, um, yeah. In the industry I'm in, uh, recruiters are everywhere. Uh, you know, I, I say I have an account that uh, I have managed to not get banned yet, uh, <laughs> but mostly it's just uh, like I keep my resume up on there and. I let the recruiters come to me um you know certain industries that's going to be heavier than others um so again your mileage may vary but uh you know they're usually pretty savvy to not just what like their particular clients are looking for uh in somebody that they're looking to hire you know sometimes the recruiter themselves will take a look at your resume and give you some pointers that's you know helpful for for the position that you're going after but also helpful uh, in the industry in general, you know, because they don't get paid until you get paid. You know, like their success that, yeah. depends on yours. So, that's, so they that's actually a have some skin in the game, and they're actually motivated.
0: Yeah, somebody that's that's literally working for you. Um, yeah, no, I've I've worked with a few, and and it's it's usually been a pretty I lose smooth you with process. You there?
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and and in some ways, you know smooth process. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm here. I think, I think we had another, uh, audio hiccup. Um, but yeah, you know, they'll take some of the hits for you. Um, and you know, they'll help put, they'll put some of the work in because again, they want you to succeed because that's how they get paid, you know? So, you know, definitely leverage that if you're in a position to do so.
0: 100%. And, um, yeah, I, I, I think that's all, awesome advice um i just want to to hit a few questions now that we're kind of uh in in the second half of the program here um if you don't mind sticking with me a little bit longer my friends um first off uh no go for it how how do you deal with a miserable work environment just a place that you absolutely despise going to every day but you have to you're not quite at the point where you're going to Uh, Jump ship yet you're thinking about it, but you got to stick it, you know stick in there for for a little bit What are the 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 things that get you through um,
1: the day? You know, I've heard the phrase quiet quitting used uh, and I have never liked that I I tend to think of it more in terms of act your wage Mm -hmm. Um, and that's not just about money. It's about You know minimizing any sort of extras that like, if it's a toxic environment, don't spend any more time there than you have to remember that you're there for a specific purpose, do what you need to do. And when you, when you go home for the day, when you get out, get out, you know, play video games, smoke, crack, worship Satan, whatever it is you're doing. You're not doing anything work related, including thinking of work. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Um, you know, and and I I think that uh, we all kind of have, you know, hours, our escapes from work. Uh, like I said, for me, uh, I tend to be an avid reader, so you know, throw myself into a book, some just some good trashy fiction. You know, nothing nothing too weighty
0: yeah that's been a huge help for me you know i i've i've been uh back into reading in a big way the last few years I, I do a book club with my with my friends and um it's i i've i found it's like great for my mental health just to kind of like take my mind elsewhere for for uh however long you know i i get to read um it kind of just like calms calms my whole nervous system down in a cool way
1: yeah, you know, this is another one of those words that they use with uh, with some needless derision, you know, the, the whole idea of escapism. Well, you know, we wouldn't be, like, trying to escape if the environment wasn't crap, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, so so I totally get that.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, um, I, I think that's super important, and uh, then, then for me too, it's like music is a, a a big thing. I I I always have headphones on. It's very annoying to some of my family and friends, but you know what? That's how I that's
1: that's that's how I make do. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, um, when when I'm when I'm at work, and again, I, I recognize that this is kind of a privilege sort of thing, but I I have that luxury of you know the headphones go in about a minute after my coffee hits my desk and <laughs> they come out about two minutes before i pack up my bag to leave for the day nice um you know they only really come out uh during the course of the work day if like a colleague comes by with a question or you know i have to jump on a meeting but the rest of the day man it's you know it's music and podcasts
0: yeah yeah that's i mean finding jobs that allow me to to have an earbud in um mm-hmm. I, I mean that that's that's I, I don't know if I can go back to working a job that i where I have to just you know raw dog it like I don't know if I'm capable of that it's been such a long time
1: yeah you know in, in my case it's um it's one of those things you know um like i'd, I'd worked a lot of uh, you know pretty heavy uh construction type jobs you know working and surveying uh so a lot of construction staking and things like that where you know you've got this uh big active environment around you a lot of noise a lot of motion you know things like that and making that transition to office monkey um it's too quiet and when there yeah. is noise it's like very sporadic so mm. you know there's not much noise. And if it was just like, if it was, if it was like that throughout the entire day, that would be fine. But it's those little sporadic, you know, somebody starts taking a meeting and they're talking at the top of their lungs or somebody else's phone rings or what have you. It's those little things that like break the workflow that break the concentration that break that Zen, you know, and, 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 and that's, and that's something else too, you know, talking about, uh, coping with a uh, toxic workplace, a place where you know, you don't want to be, but you've got to kind of grin and bear it until, you know, you tie together those last loose ends, you know, anything you can do to cut out the crap that doesn't matter, the extraneous bullshit, you know, and, and get yourself into that workflow, you know, that helps too. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Um, Bert, so so what would your life look like if you did not need to work and all of your needs were met
1: oh god i'd be teaching oh nice <laughs> yeah I, I i had a um, had a bout of uh, substitute teaching uh in between uh consulting jobs and i really enjoyed it um and I've also kind of gotten involved. You know, I mentioned earlier that uh, a lot of my hobbies involve, involve making in one form or another. Yeah. Uh, and I discovered by accident that not only can I teach other people how to do the things I do, I actually kind of enjoy it. You know, that's awesome. So yeah, it, if I had my druthers, you know, I'd probably be you know running some sort of makerspace uh, in an educational capacity.
0: Nice. Yeah, that's 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 one of the best answers I've gotten so far on on that question i think it's it's cool that that uh taking it all away um people just have a passion to teach i think that's that's great um so that, yeah uh i think that's that's a noble a noble way to spend your life when you don't need for anything um so yeah uh and this is the last question here um and okay. i and I know it's it's uh it differs for for everybody um but just in a general sense you know we're, we're we're kind of on this uh people call it the rat race for a reason obviously but um mm-hmm. but we are on kind of a different rat race it's like a hamster wheel but we got to jump to a different hamster wheel you know so so it's <laughs> it's um do you think for people in our boat who are you know chronic job jumpers um, do you think escape is possible? Um, do, you, do you think it's a matter of just finding the right environment and then sticking there? Um, or do you think we're, we're doomed to uh, jump from, from shitty job to shitty job and, and maybe we find a gem here and there for, for a little bit?
1: You know, it's kind of a tough one. Um, because as cynical as I am, there's There's definitely a streak of optimism at the core of me i mean if i if I didn't believe that things were going to get better, then what would be the point in working to try to make things better you know yes for sure uh, but looking at the course of human history, looking at technological development you know, things don't just progress, they progress faster and faster, you know? And at the end of the day, I'm hopeful that we haven't passed a point of no return, that we can not just, you know, doing better isn't okay, turning the clock back to, you know, 1955 or whatever, you know, when there was a robust middle-class and, you know, we were sitting on top of the world having just, you know, come out of World War II Uh uh, on the winning side of things, you know, we can't turn the clock back. No, no. But I I think there's enough bright people out there that if we start putting some of those folks in charge, you know if if we start kind of listening to them maybe we can write things yeah so yeah. yeah I think I think I think we have a chance it's not guaranteed but we have a chance
0: yeah I, I think that's another great answer and th- that made me think of something too you know I, I think you're absolutely right um, that with with technology and especially at the scale that it's it's being developed these days um, and, and it is progressing faster and faster um you know it's kind of a snowball effect uh but so we, we 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 can't go back to the way it was no matter how hard we tried you know um and obviously there's a lot of reasons why we shouldn't you know social reasons mm-hmm. obviously a lot of people were treated t- terribly in the yeah, 50s exactly. and and what a, you know just just a, a myriad of reasons but um I, 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 I agree with you that, you know, I, I'm an optimist because I have to be, you know, because I, I like wouldn't be here if I wasn't, you know what I mean? I, 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 yeah, yeah I, I, you know, I can't exist in, in, um, a world without hope. Um, and I do believe that, that you're right, that there's, there's people with good ideas and good intentions that, um, you know, if if they got their heads together and and figure out a way we could we could write things and um similarly to to how technology is progressing i guess my hope is that like you know if if people see a successful movement um you know for for whatever crises we face i you know wealth inequality climate change whatever um issue is is spearheaded like part of me hopes that that's like you know a match that that lights a fire and that inspires more people and then it's kind of uh you know kind of progresses in the same way that you know where it's it just snowballs out of control and everyone's like okay well we have these tools now that we can use to to change things so let's do that
1: yeah, exactly. You know, I'm, I'm seeing more talk of uh, mutual aid. I'm seeing more talk of uh dual systems of power. You know, if the government's not going to do a thing for you, then you and your buddies do it for yourselves and each other, you know? Absolutely. Um, and, 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 and again, you know, I think that, I think in that sense, we're kind of on the right path. The question is, are we moving fast enough? You know, exactly. Yeah
0: exactly i think that's the big question and i mean that that's kind of why the hope i don't want to say the only hope because it's i don't think that's true either but that's that's kind of why my hope is like yeah that let's let's start this this snowball effect let the dominoes fall and hopefully we can figure it out in time but anyways uh Burr, I you know thank you so much for for taking the time out to to chat with me um before we end it did you want to plug anything anything you wanted to shout out anything that you didn't cover you wanted to uh mention quickly
1: Uh nothing really to plug um you know I'm I'm very much a hermit by inclination uh but uh yeah you know again I, if i if i'm going to touch on anything uh you know beyond like what we would talked about is like the meat and potatoes of today you know mutual aid folks it's you know learn it love it practice it
0: 100 percent. yep i think uh i think that's a good note to leave on help each other out um and uh yeah i think that's about it folks uh hey bert thanks again really appreciate you chatting with me and let's let's talk sometime soon okay
1: absolutely thanks connor
0: Alright, and that is all we have for today Thanks again to Bert for uh, chatting with me I had a blast Um, Folks who are listening I mean this sincerely Thank you for listening, I really appreciate it Uh, If you are at all interested in being on the show If you are a job jumper Or somebody in the job jumping world in any way You know on the periphery, if you will, please, please reach out. Um, we'd love to, to hear from you. You can email us at jobjumperspod at gmail.com or you can hit us up on social media. On social media, uh, we are at jobjumperspod on both Twitter and Instagram. Um, you can find me at Connor Clockwise on all social media, pretty much. So, if you want to hit us up please do because uh because i want to hear from people want to talk to people want to commiserate um want to watch wait and commiserate work sucks i know get it i'm quoting from all the small things uh but anyways please reach out if you can If uh, you want to to leave us a nice review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, I guess is what it's called now. uh, Please do that. Leave us a nice review with uh, five stars. Try to to rate us more than five stars if you can. If you can can find a way to do that, I'd I'd appreciate that. As many stars as you can do, really. Um, The more stars, the better, I think. Um, But until next time, folks, keep on jumping.